All right, everybody, welcome back to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. This is a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how all of this applies to our lives as Jesus followers. So this is a brand new episode, number 33. My name is Brooke, I'm your host, and I have Mr. Lauren Jones with me, as we've discussed. It is a Mr. It is Mister. Thank you for recognizing my gender. Uh-huh. I try to try to help, especially because we're on radio, and I don't know if they could tell. That's right. Your low voice doesn't give it away at all. You know, I know I took us down a bunny trail two episodes ago with Wilbur Montgomery, number thirty-one for the Philadelphia Eagles. You say thirty-three, <laughs> and I think about Tony Dorsett going ninety-nine yards against the Vikings. I'm dating myself every time, but Tony Dorsett. That's why I, I hear thirty-three. I think of the man, the legend, the cowboy. Former Pittsburgh Panther, Heisman Trophy winner Tony Dorsett. <laughs> I loved him as a kid. I uh, I went to Bird. I'm Larry Bird, thirty-three. Oh, was Bird was Bird thirty-three? I don't know. I, I thought, thought he was. So. I thought he was thirty. I think you. I think you're right. I don't know. Steph Curry. I don't 30. know any other thirty-threes besides Tony Dorsett. I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to Google it. And I, I wasn't even thinking about that. Till you said that. Sorry, and sorry. Anybody next... who doesn't like football, <laughs> or especially the Cowboys, I apologize. <laughs> I love the Cowboys. I had his That's poster on my wall as a right. kid. So, cut me some slack. All right, maybe. I'll try to. I'll try to be better prepared for thirty-four next week and see if that comes up with anything. Um, okay, I got a question for you before we dive in here. Um, I told you beforehand I didn't have anything, and then I looked at something really fast and thought. So I got. A, I got a question for you. So okay, uh, this is random. I'm just curious. If you open up your phone, you have your phone with you. Yes. Open up your phone. You yes. go to your text messages. Yes. What are your top three emojis that you use? Oh. Consistently. So I just if I just start a new text. I mean, you just yeah, you should be able to just change your change over to your emoji oh, keyboard. Oh, frequently and tell me. used. Uh huh. Okay. Well, this is not at all. Are you creative? Do you you have boring you have boring emojis? I have a thumbs up. Okay. I have a heart. Aww. I'm a dad of, of four girls. Um, <laughs> I have a crying and laughing emoji. Uh-huh. And then I, I will add my fourth and fifth one. My fourth one is a fist bump. I use that way too often, just like a, a fist bump. Uh-huh. And then I have a check mark. I have this habit when some, like when Carrie asked me to do something or, or some, you know, somebody on our team asks me to follow up on something and I just, I send a little done and I hit a check mark. So those are not creative. Those are like right down the middle emojis. <laughs> What about you? I think they're more like they're they're personality based. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, that's my, true. So I have my, my first one is the crying laughing emoji, and then and then I have an eye roll emoji. Yeah, <laughs> which which I, I think that totally it does makes say sense. more about you, Brooke. And yeah. then I have the chocolate ice cream. What? Um, what's the poop emoji? Oh, it was originally supposed oh. to be chocolate ice cream. Was it? No, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. That was originally supposed to be chocolate. It doesn't look at all like chocolate. It looks like a pile of poop. <laughs> I did so not I have know the, that. The poop emoji and then thumbs up and then like the, uh, I, I don't know, arms out like shrug. I don't, I don't know. Like shrug. shrug. Yeah. 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 That's that's down my list. Six or seven. Yeah. Shrug. Yeah. I have a halo, a uh, smiley face with halo. What is that for? I use that when it's like. Um, when I'm, I'm asking someone to do something or, uh, reminding my children to do something you know, like, like if I'm like, Hey, don't forget there's this thing or, Hey, I'm being a punk. So here's my halo. That's like, you're just uh sheepish. I know I'm being that guy. Yeah. Also have like the, you know, like the eyes wide open, like, Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> or like the, uh, like the, like the grimace, like, Ooh. the eek. Yeah. Yes. I have those. I, yes. I, those are, those are all frequently used in mine. You know, I, and yeah. 
you just had a birthday. You're 41. I am, yeah. I'm 51. I think emojis probably say a lot about our age, too. Okay. Um, like my my 15, almost 16-year-old daughter, Emily, she doesn't use nearly as much emojis as abbreviations. Like sure. All these little IDK and, uh-huh. you know, which I know some of those, like, I don't know. I know that one. But there's <laughs> inevitably, there's one every week or two that I'm like, I don't know what that means. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do when you, as as a fifty one year old, yes. when you don't know that uh, that acronym, yes. or maybe not an acronym, just the what, the, the, the initials? Yeah. Um, what do you do? Do you Google that? Do you ask your daughter? Do you just say, "Oh, I don't know what that is," and pretend? You know what? Can I sadly <laughs> confess? <laughs> I Google it. I don't act like I know. I, I and then I do act like, "Oh yeah, I knew what that meant." Oh, I totally, I totally. Know I just, I just want my teenagers to connect with me you know but i don't but i don't use them with them i don't try that hard <laughs> i just want to know what they mean <laughs> i have a so one of my one of my daughters is is the use the uh yeah no i know what that is do you know what that is i know what it is no i'm not gonna tell you 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 say it i want to know if you know it oh, like she so, uses that all so the time i'm like oh my gosh stop doing that like <laughs> it's the most obvious thing that you have no idea what's going uh, on yeah Speaking of your daughters, I love that your oldest Jesse has become a fixture at the Colonial Church <laughs> coffee bar. Well, I don't know about a fixture, but she's been there for like three weeks, like so. three or four weeks. She, she's well, she's now, especially now that Nick, right, our student ministry director, has stepped aside and stepped into his hospice chaplain role here. Right. Um, that's one of the things he really helped us with here at the church. And now, now Jesse's like. Is she, is she managing the coffee bar? Is, she, uh, is our eleven-year-old <laughs> friend Jesse? Our eleven-year-old has now moved into the uh, the managerial role. Uh, no, it's really funny because I, I don't I don't remember if we talked about this because I've shared this story a couple of times. But when when Nick told the students that uh, that that he was leaving and that he's got a he's got a new position that he's going to take over and he's crying and you know sharing his heart and Savannah's there with him and she's all um, you know in in the fields and all that and and. Uh, and so afterwards, Jesse, who's new to the, she's new to youth ministry, to to student ministry altogether. She's not been around that outside of like the elementary, right? She just got out of that and started sixth grade, and and so she walks up to him and she says, "Well, who's going to be running the cafe now?" <laughs> and this is like, I mean, she's literally been in the cafe for like a week or two, like at this point, and that's that was her concern was who's going to be in the cafe and. And uh, he he said that uh, that that Mr. Ron was going to be there, and so Ron Downing, who's who's jumping in, pretending like he knows coffee and stuff as well, and and uh, so he, it was it was funny to watch. Um, it was funny to watch Ron and Jesse this weekend. Um, I bet they had fun. <laughs> I'm not sure that Jesse has figured out his humor yet. He's she, pretty, he's a little zany with the kids. Yeah, I like Ron. And, and with I told the kids. I told her that ahead of time. I was like, he's gonna be fun. She's like, well, you say everybody's fun. I was like, well, <laughs> I, I, in this case, I really think he's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be great. And but he would be like, hey, do you know how to do this? And she'd be like, yeah, you do this. And she'd be like, I don't know how to log in over there. And she he'd go log in. And so it was like they were tag teaming. How do we do Sweet. this thing? And so it was it was just. It was funny to watch them Love it. try to figure out. So, what do we do with muffins? Like, how, what's an americano? And and I'm sitting there watching. Like, I have nothing to gain, nothing to add here. I cannot add to this conversation. I cannot help you. I'm just going to sit here and watch because it's funny. Uh, so yeah, she's been there. She's enjoyed it, and uh, um, 
you know, we still have to learn like customer service. Like we don't, we don't know customer service. It's like you asked a question, I gave you the answer. We as in Jesse. As in Jesse, yes. Okay, I, I'm, sorry. Uh, you know, <laughs> the collective we. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she, uh, she doesn't know those things. She's, she's 11. She doesn't, she never do that. Well, but, like, know. like somebody I was told asked if, if they could have, you know, X. And she literally just looked at them when the straight voice went. No. 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 Can't do that. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, right. <laughs> not we're out of that. Yeah, right. Not I don't know what that is. And so part of me is like, I, I don't know, because I think that Shel- I think that was Shelby, right? That, Maybe, that, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You know, and so it's like, does she know them well enough that it's like, I'm just going to give her this answer. But I don't think she's like dry humor enough for, for that kind of a, yeah. like I would do that and be like, no, sorry, I'm not going to do that. Um, but this weekend, somebody came up and they were like... Uh, they were asking about coffee. They were like, "Yeah, we just want some some regular coffee." And she pointed over to the to the uh, the, the free coffee pots over on the side. And she was like, "Yeah, it's over there." And so afterwards, I was like, "Hey, so when somebody asks like that, you say, you know what? We have some free coffee over here for you. You're more than welcome to take care of that. But if you'd like a latte or americano, or I'm just throwing out the, sales, the, the, the right, you put, right, throw some salesmen. I'm not saying you got to like upsell people and like try to make this crazy. <laughs> like you know, if you could add some chocolate and some some uh, some cinnamon, they're fifty cents each. But you could totally add these on here and make them amazing and some whipped cream. Yeah, she just looking at you with a blank stare. She's like, like, I'm not doing any of that. What? I'm like, babe, I'm telling you, like, tell them there's a coffee but also like look at all these amazing things that you could have you know hey you guys have donuts man you know what we don't have donuts but we do have some awesome freshly baked uh, muffins that we could we could totally get you and we get you one you chocolate chocolate chip like these are amazing and she's just like okay it's like, okay. But having said all that, she's, it looks like she's enjoying herself. Oh, she's having a blast. She absolutely loves it. She is it is, just like a new level of responsibility or? It's a, it's a challenge. Putting on her big it's a girl new pants. Thing. Yeah, I think, I think there's that. She's, you know, she gets to hang out with adults, right? So that's, yeah. that's fun yeah. um, because she's used to the kids and, and she's the oldest. So she has all the kids around her at home yeah. and, um, and she tries to mother them and then gets in trouble for it because that's not her job. And, right. Big sister. Um, yeah. Hard. So there's, so there's those, those things. And she also just really likes, she likes to bake. And so she likes rules and directions and like, you do it this way because yeah. that's what makes it good. And I am terrible at that. Like the last time I tried to make chocolate chip cookies, I just kind of mixed up all the stuff and it was all runny and, and it didn't work. So I made chocolate chip muffins which they ended up being great, but it wasn't what I was planning on, so I had to pour it into little cups because you couldn't scoop out the cookie dough. That's funny. And so she's just like, Dad, what did you do? And I'm like, I don't know. I just <laughs> threw it all in there and threw some more stuff in. And she's like, no, but there's like you have to do it this way. And I'm like, well, I see that now, but it doesn't mean I'm going to. <laughs> so she likes those kinds of things, yeah. So uh, it's, been, it's been fun to see her step into that. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of fun, we have, um, we have all of our groups kicking off and, uh, I saw, um, just a little bit of information about the number of people that are, um, are jumping into, uh, our rooted groups and grief share and just our, our, our groups in general that, you know, meeting throughout the weeks or whatever, but so share, share what you're, what you're thinking there. Worth, worth celebrating a little bit. You know, a lot of the work we have tried to put in, uh, this year is in, creating next steps for people. I think that's the challenge for any church of any significant size is how do we help this become smaller? How do we help usher people into what we call discipling relationships, whether that's one-on-one or in groups. And this is that time of year starting the fall where we've, we've promoted a lot of things for the last several weeks. It's go time. We've got right at a hundred people coming up to the church, uh, 
just adults, by the way, 100 adults coming up to the church this Wednesday night to start some new rooted groups, uh, as well as a handful of, of pre-existing groups that are going to go through our rooted study experience. Uh, and that doesn't even count the other, I think, right at 11 or 12 groups that are meeting off campus, in homes. Uh, and that just, can I just be honest, that just makes my heart sing. Like it just, that's what we want to see happen. We want to see more and more people uh, not just come to our thing. That is it fun to fill the auditorium? Absolutely so fun. So fun to have, you know, this, this critical mass and loud singing and worship together. And is it way more fun to meet for me to teach to a big crowd? Yeah. Cause there's laughter, there's interaction, there's engagement, but way more than that, we want people who are part of colonial to experience discipling relationships. We want, we want people to be missed when they're gone. We want people to be known. If somebody gets COVID, if somebody's out of a job, if somebody's struggling with parenting issues, most of our pastors don't know. Most of the people in the church don't know, but if you're in a group, then there's at least 10 or 12 other people that are doing life with you, that are praying for you, that are sharing resources with you. Um, and so all that to say, super excited, super excited that we've got uh, a bunch of people coming together, starting off the fall um, and uh, a little bit of fruit uh, of our labor, I think. And I think instantly as I'm sharing this with you and, and speaking on the podcast, I'm thinking of a handful of very new to colonial people. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of folks that have just moved here in the last few months uh, that are dying to connect and build friendships and, and find community. And they, a lot of them have signed up. I'm so excited. Um, so yeah, that grief share, you mentioned that. I think I, last I saw, I think we had 23 people sign up for grief share. That's, that's a very small niche ministry that we offer. Right. Uh, not all of us are going through grief. Uh, even those of us that are hurting in different ways, not all of us are ready from a timing standpoint to step in to an intentional uh, experience like that. Uh, but to have 23 people all at the same time say, I need help. Mm. I am, I have experienced loss and I want to deal with it in community. I want to deal with it with people who love Jesus uh, we've had to separate it into two different grief share groups because of the signups. I'm, I'm super thrilled and I could not think more highly of the folks that are leading both our grief share groups, as well as these other new rooted study experiences. Um, got some great leaders that I think are going to do well. So you're talking to a excited pastor about all this <laughs> stuff for sure. Yeah. Well, and, and it just seems like there's, there's, we're we're coming to the end of that lull of you know the summer happens everybody kind of goes vacation or just doing stuff there's just so much stuff going on around town yeah. and then you get to that kind of the end of summer and everybody's kind of transitioning back to okay we got to get our kids back to school and we're you know just things things start to change as the fall semester starts again and right. and and then you get to you know like like it's almost like the 3 maybe 4 weeks leading up to that is just like uh, there's like nothing going on. Uh, just hang on. It's going to start to, you know, so it's like, it's, it's always fun to get to the end of that and be like, okay, there, yeah. right now we're doing stuff again and yeah. things are going on. And, um, yeah. So I, the fall for me, I think I even said this week or two ago, this is my favorite season of the year. Uh, we always have these milestones personally or family wise or 
the church even has its own milestones throughout the year. But for me personally, the fall, maybe because my wife's a teacher, maybe because I love football season, maybe because the weather, uh, you know, just starts to get nicer slowly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think a lot of new things start, you know, in the fall. And uh, I just love it. I love it. It's a, it's a fun time of year for me. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, well, yeah, for me, maybe. <laughs> Are you a pumpkin spice latte person? Not a pum- I, I saw that came back. Did it already? It did. I missed it, okay. No, that's what I was told. Uh, Cheryl Downing informed me that she had to get her... <laughs> Had to get her pumpkin spice. <laughs> Got that pumpkin latte. spice. I don't know. That's not my thing. No. Yeah, it's gross. It doesn't not, sound good. Like pumpkin pie. Ugh. <laughs> Is that wrong? Did I say that out loud? No, I'm I'm Oof. I'm with you 100. percent I think that's disgusting. It's it gross. gross. Yeah. And somebody will be like, "You just haven't had mine." Like, no. <laughs> no. You just haven't had the good stuff. I always like those conversations. <laughs> you just haven't had the way that I cook fish. Yeah. I'm like, no, it tastes like fish. It's okay, gross. but you know what? I'll push back. You instantly <laughs> made me think back to my Hawaii trip, and which we talked about a few weeks ago. Is I was inundating my kids with, "Okay, I know you don't like pineapple. Wait till we get to Hawaii." And it's all different. of them were like, eh, "Whatever, Dad." And I was right. Dad was right. Oh my goodness! You have, you have really mm-hmm. good Hawaiian pineapple, for example, yeah. or mango. I'm not. I don't even like mangoes. I'm eating fresh mangoes over there like it's candy. See, I don't know. They're if that, so juicy and sweet, <laughs> and so sometimes it is. You just haven't had the good stuff. I'm open to there being a pumpkin pie recipe out there somewhere that I bet Karen Johnson or some some good cook, Alex uh, Meek. Uh, Meek you know, maybe could make that would go, okay, you know what? If that's the pumpkin pie we're talking about, I'll eat that. I don't know. I don't maybe. know. So I had a friend that used to work at Starbucks and, uh, at, at a previous church that I worked at and she was, she was one of the volunteers with us. And so she would bring me something from Starbucks all the time. She would bring me a different coffee drink all the time because she was like, no, no, you just haven't had the right one. You're going to like that. You're going to like coffee. And over and over. You're like, over nope, and over. I'm like, nope. Yeah, no, it tastes like coffee. Yeah, it's sweeter, but no, it tastes like coffee. I'm like, I don't I don't want that. I don't know. I don't know. It's just me. All right, so there's so much stuff going on right now. Um, in the world? In the world, all over the world. You want to cover all of it? All of it. Let's just start at the top, and then uh, maybe we'll just, you know, we can <laughs> go through the alphabet. Um, there's a lot of big, hard things yeah. going so, on. Yeah, so one of the things that was, it was, and I don't know how this happened. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly just kind of, confused of, of what happened, but I didn't know about the hurricane that is... That is awful. That is pummeling the, the Louisiana right now. Right. Um, and I guess since yesterday, I didn't know about that. Like, I, it literally, I think I found out, I found out about it yesterday morning, and Isn't now there's weird? like, yeah. there's like a million people that don't have power, and yeah. it was, what would you say, it was the fifth strongest That's storm That's what I read, is the hit. fifth strongest like, storm they've ever recorded uh, in, in, to hit them. Yeah, I, I that resonates with me. Obviously, some of our listeners have family down there, sure. or um, or for whatever reason, it's been on their radar. Huh? That's not, I'm not trying to be punny, but wow. it's, it's 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 good. It's been on their brains because they they care about that kind of thing, or they have people involved. But for a lot of us, I think because of what's going on in other parts of the world, in Afghanistan and Haiti, and in the political realm, and mm. uh, with COVID, and and then you add, we all just went back to school, and I, I think there's a lot of reasons why. To your point. It hasn't been front and center. Like, uh, I'm thinking back to Katrina, you know. Right. I, I was living in Houston at the time, so maybe that's 
maybe that's a, a poor comparison, but it's all we talked about yeah. for weeks, yeah. you know, before, during, and after. Um, so yeah, I, I'm trying to catch up to in, in full transparency to our listeners, you know, we're recording this on Monday morning, uh, the, the 30th and, uh, it's happening in real time. You know, we're, mm. we're still w- the stuff that we were reading online before we started recording. Uh, the death count is very low, uh, but they're, you know, the, every, every logical reason to anticipate that number going up quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and we're, I think we're only going to know the extent of the damage and dest- the destruction, uh, you know, later this week. Um, but man, my heart just goes out to folks that live down there. Um, we lived in Houston for 17 years and you, know, you live in a port city, you live on the coast and that's part of what you deal with is the anticipation of those storms. Um, so I'm, I'm heavy hearted for all the loss, whether it's people or it's homes. Uh, I was talking to Tanner earlier this morning who, you know, nobody, nobody likes music more than he does probably. And he was <laughs> reading that Louis Armstrong's start, like the, the little, uh, the little, I think it's a, rec- I don't think it's a recording studio. I think it's more of a club. Where he got his big break, and they even funded his first recording, uh, it just is gone. Hmm. And so, just even just the loss of of our history, yeah, in landmarks that, in and that stuff. regard, it's, you know, yeah, New Orleans has got some rich history. Okay, so so to put you on the spot, then, um, as we're dealing with all these things, sometimes we have the ability to hands on or monetarily or whatever mm. help in different ways, mm. but. Um, and, and and we always say, you know, people are always saying, we're sending our thoughts and our prayers, and 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 there's always the, the like the platitudes of, um, you know, praying that God is in control in this situation, right? Yeah. It's like that's the easy thing, but to to put you on the spot, how are what are what are some ways that we can that you see as ways that we can specifically pray as mm. Christ followers that are not directly attached to this? Yes. Um, even if we have people down there, we're still we're still removed by by space and time, right? That that's like how do we how do we pray for mm. um, people in Louisiana, people in Afghanistan, people that are in Haiti, yeah. um, people in the, on what was it, Tennessee that's flooding and the East Coast that was that was hit uh, last week, and how do we pray for them? That's not just the platitudes of this is what I'm supposed to say. Yeah. Um, what what would you say to that? Great questions. Uh, and I think important questions, um, I think things like that are only platitudes if we let them be, Mm. first of all, that's my first thought is there is nothing wrong with just crying out to God on behalf of hurting people. Uh, it's not just going through the motions. It's not just saying the right things. It's if we believe that God hears our prayers, if we, he, he tells us in scripture very clearly, uh, ask uh, ask your father like a, like a little kid, ask their dad, um, and, and trust in his wisdom and his sovereignty and his power. Trust that he wants to interact and, and rescue and heal and trust that he can see things we can't see. And, um, it's not platitudes unless we let them be platitudes. Uh, I don't get thoughts and prayers. That's a whole nother conversation. I don't know how that started. I also don't get how we send, like I saw somebody that I I really love and and knows Jesus. And they said, they're sending their prayers to new Orleans. And I'm like, 
call it semantics, but I'm like, no, I'm sending my prayers to the Father. <laughs> I write it down and I, 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 I mail don't know, it. I don't know what that means to send my prayers to you or or my thoughts or prayers are with you. No, I'm, I'm praying to a God who is real hmm. that he would interact on behalf of, of people down there. Um, I think, I think lament, you know, we talked about that quite a bit this, or not quite a bit. We talked about that very purposefully this past year in the wake of, of the pandemic Mm -hmm. and loss. Uh, I think prayers of lament without even the answers to our questions is appropriate. The Psalms give us so many examples of just God, why is this happening? God, why, why do these awful storms have to have such devastation? Yeah. Why, why do these really good people? that have done nothing wrong, uh, at least from a distance and in broad terms, why do they have to suffer? And we don't have to come up with the answers to that. It's appropriate to, to, to pray these prayers of lament. I think it's also appropriate and healthy and helpful to finish those prayers with choosing to trust him and choosing to see the way he's come through in the past and choosing to know that he will indeed uh, end suffering in the end that's those aren't platitudes that's embracing reality um i think your your question that right alongside that though is not just how can we pray but how can we help in some tangible ways um and i i i I mentioned that i wanted to talk to you about this before we started recording i i want to be transparent as a pastor of a local church with our listeners as as a pastor to our colonial folks you know there are 101 opportunities every day, every week for us personally to step in and make a difference, uh, for us as a church to step in and make a difference. And we can't do them all. Mm. And it is one of the most difficult challenges, I think, for us personally. Right. Is Think about all the friends you could help with what they're going through. Think about all the needs in your community that you could give to of your time, of your money, and you can't do it all, especially over the long haul. You'll just burn out. You'll have nothing left. Same for churches. Um, and so like I have a quote from a mentor and a seminary professor that I was um, studying under uh, back in the 90s, and he just said, you know, as we were looking for opportunities to go work full-time after seminary, he said, I want to remind you guys the need does not equate to the call. Uh, and that really stuck with me just because you find out about one more need doesn't mean you are supposed to meet that need, uh, which I hope intuitively makes sense to everybody. There's only Mm. so much of us to go around. Uh, I've only got so much money. I've only got so much time, uh, and I'm still responsible to some other things. So that's a long way of saying we've got opportunity to intervene, even find, let's just talk financially. Yeah. In what's going on in Afghanistan. How do we help some of the relief work there? Uh, how do we help with refugees? How do we help the underground church? Uh, we've got opportunity right now to, to step in in Haiti. We've got opportunity right now to step in in Louisiana on the coastline, in New Orleans, et cetera, with the hurricane relief. We've got opportunity um, to deal with some things going on right here in our community. And the hard question is, how do we use our particular resources? It comes back to listening intently. God, what do you want us to yeah. do? And, and if he doesn't give us 
clear direction, then, okay, what are we excited about? Can, can I offer that too for our listeners? I think when we think about the different ways we can minister to other people or help with our stuff, our time, I think the first question is, God, what do you want me to do? But sometimes I think God's silence or even his deliberate answer is, well, there's a lot of really great things you could do. What, what are you excited about? Yeah. What do you want to do? Right. And maybe we get super excited about helping folks, you know, in, in their, in their loss in Louisiana and we don't do anything to help folks in Haiti. And that doesn't mean we're doing it wrong or we care more about somebody than somebody else. I just, it, it's, it's part of the challenge. If I can be that bold, it's part of the challenge for us as church leaders. In fact, let me take it to another level is I know we all love giving to causes and it's probably, well, how much more fun is it to give to a particular cause? If I give this dollar, it's going to go to help somebody who lost their house mm. versus to give a dollar to the church where we know, okay, part of that's going to go to turn lights on. Part of that's going to go to build a fence. Part of that's going to go to buy a Bible. Part of that's going to go to pay the staff salary. Part of that's going to go to getting a new roof. You know, it's just some of it's more inspirational, <laughs> exciting than other things. And, and yet I believe with my heart entirely that the church is the central um, instrument that God is using to advance his kingdom and we got to keep the church going. Yeah. And so I, I really do, if I could be this bold on our podcast, I really do believe we're supposed to give to the church first. I really believe that. I don't know that God's keeping score necessarily and there's a right or wrong way to do it definitively, but I, I do think we're supposed to give to the church primarily and, and trust that, that the church is living in tension with what to do with those resources when needs come. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense to you? You're our pastor of city and global engagement, which, which is the fancy title. We always make fun of your long title, <laughs> but you, you're tasked with helping us as a church know about and meet needs outside the walls, both locally and globally. Um, you're tasked with helping us spread the gospel outside the church walls. Uh, you're tasked with at some level, helping us use our resources to do more than turn the lights on and pay mm -hmm. staff and, and make our campus, you know, safe. And, um, I'll bet a lot of people don't struggle with this any more than you do because you, you are inundated with needs, uh, and, and the ways our church could meet those needs. What, what, what do you have to offer to us? Your, your own thoughts, your own feelings about that? Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, it's, it's, it's just like you said, it's like there, there are so many needs out there, right? So you just look at our own community is, you know, do you, do you worry about homelessness or, um, the, the causes of that? Do you worry about mental health? Do you worry about, um, the foster care system or the kids that are in that mm -hmm. or reuniting families, um, food, uh, insecurities or struggles in the schools, you know, there's, there's just, and, and the list goes on and on. Right. Um, and so it, it, it becomes, from, from my perspective, it becomes, you know, looking at it and, and praying, okay, just like you said, God, what, what, are, you, what are you saying here? And, and looking at it and saying, okay, well, what opportunities do we have in front of us? Okay, let's, let's look at those opportunities, and 
let's say, you know, if we're not going to recreate the wheel, maybe we're going to partner with somebody that's already doing something awesome. And maybe it's just supplying manpower or, um, or the financial side of things or, or, or whatever. And then there's other times when it's like, no, we kind of need to make something up here. Um, I'm, I'm excited about the, uh, the, the rooted groups and, um, the, the serving opportunities that come along with that. And, and some of the things that we will hopefully be able to, to, uh, to be a part of this year, not just, you know, like when I first started saying that I was thinking, yeah, some of the things that we're going to be able to accomplish. And, and then, then I stopped myself cause I'm like, it's not about, it's not about what are we accomplishing? It's about being faithful in the things that God's put in front of us. And, you know, if that's doing these small things for a school or a family that needs, you know, clothes or diapers for a kid or a school that needs, uh, there's there's a school that was talking about a, a garden that they want to plant a garden. I'm like, okay, that's not that's not crazy, but it's a way that we can build relationships with the, with the community around us. And I think it's I think it's 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 different for everybody. You know, everybody's going to have their own passions. And God leads us all in different ways, or we'd all be the exact same, which would be boring. Sure. And uh, and so finding the things that what are the what are the ways that you can impact the community around you that you can impact the, the your your community specifically if that's at work or your neighborhood or um, or or where you play and uh, you know whatever your hobbies are like how can you make an impact on those people around you yeah um, let alone just oh let's have this. Uh, you know, let's let's try to send money to every every little thing that we can because you're right, we can't. Right now, having said all that, it's interesting. You know, when I'm saying that stuff, I'm I'm nodding my head as I speak because I agree with myself. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I agree with myself a lot. Yeah, I know that's right. When you're saying that, I think I think in a good way, I have a few yeah buts mm-hmm. because it's it's not me speaking, um, <laughs> and I I think that the tension in that is we still need to battle that scarcity mindset. Because I think, on one hand, I think, okay, there's only so much of me to go around. I've only Mm -hmm. got so much money. Mm -hmm. I've only got so much time. I've only got so much of my heart to give to these things. And all at the same time, uh, I could give four times as much as I give. Sure. And we would be okay. Uh, In part because I know God would take care of us. In part because there's some creature comforts I could deal with, I could live without. Right. Uh, and I, I'm flashing back to one of my young life bosses back in the day. We did a lot of fundraising, and we talked about this idea of okay, you can't keep going back to the same people when you're raising money, hmm. uh, which is true. Mm-hmm. You can't just keep going to the well, you know, so to speak. But then what he really instilled in me is he said, you know what, kingdom people who really see the world differently, they give to everything. Hmm. He said, you're you're saying, oh, we shouldn't ask the Smiths to give more to this endeavor where we're trying to take some inner city kids to camp because they already give to the Young Life Ministry in your community and they already give to the church and they already give, they already serve on Habitat for Humanity and they already give, you know, give to this and give to that. But the reality is they are generous people mm. who believe that things don't matter and that people do and that God's heart is for people in need. And you say, hey, here's an opportunity to send an inner city kid to camp. And they go, how much does it cost? And he really instilled on me that there's you got to fight against that, that assumption that we're going to the well too often or that we're asking too much of our people because really – I believe I'll, I'll make it personal. I believe that, um, 
God owns the cattle on a thousand hills and, and that there is no limit to what he can do uh, through us or for us. And so that does, that does give me pause because one of our elders, for example, despite, despite our financial constraints right now as a church, you know, we've got less people coming because of the pandemic. We've got our giving is down. Um, we're really having to make some hard decisions on, on how we can be just even more frugal than ever. And, uh, hopefully won't have to make any harder decisions about staffing differently or anything like that. That's, that's still ahead of us. But despite that, I love that one of our elders is pushing us. Okay. But let's make this need known. Mm. Let's, let's make this need known as well. Let's make that need known as well, because it's, it's what we're here for. It's what the church is about. Even if it quote unquote costs us. Um, and I, I'm human. I struggle with that because the human part of me just wants to go, no, 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 just give to the church. Just, I know that's a really big need that we could meet, but we want the church to survive, you know? <laughs> and, and yet, um, I really do believe that. I really do believe this. If you added up all the money that we had in a given Sunday in the room that people could give, I'm not talking about not pay the bills. I'm, t- I'm talking about could give on top of that. We have enough money to pay for everything the church is already doing and a lot more. It's really a heart issue. Um, so I think we, I think we live so much in that, as you said, that scarcity mindset, you know, um, what is this going to do to, what is this going to do to me and my family? And, and am I going to be able to provide or, or whatever, even, even in the time aspect, you know, I think about, I think about, gosh, yeah, I could, I could agree to that. And it's an awesome thing, but that's going to pull me away from my family. And, and it's almost like we, we, we we kind of compartmentalize those things to what am what am I going to do, and not how can we do this? You know, I think about uh, when we had we had Rachel on um, a couple weeks ago, and uh, and the example that I, I I think I see from her and her family and how they serve together and they go and do things together and we. I don't know. It's almost like we tend to, to, to see things. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. And I'm like, okay, well, the, if, if I go do this thing rather than how can I involve my family in what's going on over here so that, so that it's not a time scarcity, maybe I still have to fight through the, uh, the, the money scarcity and, yeah. and that kind of thing. But, but even, even being able to, to, to become generous people with, um, you know, what, what do I do with, with our time, not just my time, you know, yeah. how do we become generous people in giving of our time? Yeah. And maybe that's invite, you know, inviting people into your home or, or going to serve in, in certain ways. But, um, I, yeah, I think, I think that scarcity mindset is what, what bites us in the, bites us in the butt all the time. Is I think that, so too. You know, it's just, there's so much that we are like, ah, but, you, you know, this is totally random, but I, I shared a graphic when we were taking it teaching we were teaching about our uh giving sacrificially our uh i think it was our third of our five radical minimums a few weeks ago right and um i was in our conference room here at the office and so i was doodling and i i (laughs) drew it on the dry erase board first uh as i was thinking about how to make a slide and teach it and it was it was in the face of a scarcity mindset this is what god wants us Mm -hmm. to do this is how he wants us to see the world this is how he wants us to trust him and i have walked in there about a half a dozen times since then and thought 
oh, that's old. I should erase that. And then I literally go, no, you know what? I need to see that staring at me every time I walk in here. So I'm sure it's going to get erased eventually, but it's just up on our dry erase board in our conference room because it, it's, it's a reality. It's yeah. a biblical truth that flies in the face of everything around us hmm. that, um, no, God owns it all. It's already his. Do we trust him or not? It yeah. flies in the yeah. face of, I've only got so much to, to, to give and there's only so much that I can work with. And Oh, what if it runs out and fear? And I need to hear that's not true. That's yeah. not true. Yeah. Stop believing that. Yeah. Is that the, uh, is that the, the one that has uh, Chewbacca Jesus? It looks like Chewbacca uh-huh. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. I was just making sure it's, He's, he's, larger, thought that was... he's larger than life. <laughs> he's much more eloquent than Chewy. But. All right, all right. So we have um, we started the the book of Acts a couple of weeks ago, and uh, just getting into it. And this week we talked about uh, we talked about Pentecost and um, the 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 craziness of of that day and what that looked like. And so I, I, one of the things that, that stuck out to me as you as you were describing it is. Um, I guess I, we talked about this. What was it last week? I think that uh, you know, so much of the Holy Spirit, we just kind of tend to lump it into things, but not really dwell on it. Like, yeah. let's not really talk about that because I don't understand that. So we're just going to move on. Right. And and so as you were talking about it, where it, it sounded like the blowing of a violent wind, and it seemed like tongues of fire, and I, I think about the times that I've 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 seen drawings of tongue that's floating over someone's, you know, someone's head that's on fire, and, and it's like, well, it's so much of a picture of somebody trying to understand what's going on, yeah. and then we just kind of, like, write that down. Like, that's what it was. It was a flaming tongue that was hanging over somebody's head, and, right. you know, it's because it was just like, yeah, we'll just lump that over there, and don't really think about it. Don't really, don't, <laughs> don't, 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 don't look behind that door. Like, that was weird. Know. Let's not talk about that again. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. So <laughs> I just thought that was really, that was really interesting, and yeah. as you pointed out, like, it sounded like, and it seemed like these yeah. things, and and there's so much of that in the Bible of, of um, you know, uh, John and the Revelation of of this picture of things, of right. this, this understanding that he had of things. But and then we try to make that, you know, we try to make that normal, and that's no, that's exactly what it was. They, yeah. they the the cherubim looked exactly like this, and mm. it's like, I don't I don't know, but let's just wrap that over here right. with the Holy Spirit. We'll <laughs> shut that door and and, yeah. uh, and ignore that. But okay, so so with Pentecost happening. Um, what do you see as uh, some of the biggest differences of following Christ, or, 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 or I guess um, uh, being a Jew uh, believer um, before Pentecost, and then and then what what does it look like after Pentecost? Like, what are some of those big things that you see is like this day is really the 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 drawing point? Yeah, outside of the resurrection. You know, outside yeah. of some, of Jesus Himself, right? So, so we we follow Jesus in in this way, right? But then Pentecost happens, and then this. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I've I've read, you know, scholars talk about okay, when did the church begin? Uh, and you could argue that the church began all the way back with Jesus and his first followers, the first Christians, the first followers of Jesus. And I'm not going to argue with anybody about that. Um, Jesus said to Peter, I'm going to build my church on the rock. And there's, there's even different interpretations there. Did he mean the rock Peter did, you know, did he mean something bigger than that? Right. Uh, inevitably on himself. But 
there's a lot of people who say this was the beginning of the church was Pentecost. And I think it answers that question you're talking about is before Pentecost, the believers were in so many ways, they were, they were followers of the rabbi. They were followers of the teacher. They were, uh, submitting to his lordship, submitting to his leadership, but they did not have the Holy Spirit of God living in them. And so we learn later reading Paul's letters, you know, that when we come to Christ, when we surrender our lives to God and, and just thank him for the work he did through Jesus, the son on the cross for forgiveness, that we are, as Paul puts it, made new creations. We're made, we're made totally new. The old is gone. The new has come and we are, uh, indwelt with the Holy spirit. That's when everything becomes new. I just said indwelt. You did. I was, I was trying not to stop you. you. I've gone to church for too long. I just used indwelt (laughs) in a sentence. You need to slap me around. (laughs) I was trying not to stop your flow there, but indwelt. That's, um, (laughs) just rewind that for fun. I said indwelt. Yeah. Now, um, now about six times. Go I ahead. dare. Okay, this is for all our listeners. Just so I know that you're listening, whether it's text message or it's conversation three weeks from now, use indwelt in a sentence and just see if I pick up on it. Hashtag okay? indwelt. Just that can indwelt. be... Uh... Yeah. But in all seriousness, <laughs> the Holy Spirit, I, I don't even think we talk about this much, but um, what what was it like to be a follower of Jesus before the first Easter? Mm-hmm. Like the first, the three mm-hmm. years that Jesus brought all his, his followers together, started mentoring them, started the Sermon on the Mount, you know, is a teaching that, you know, let's just be real specific. It happened before the cross. Right. It happened before the resurrection. It happened before Pentecost. So what did it mean to be a follower of Jesus then? You right. Know? But but can't, can't we look at that and say... For those for those people in that context, that was not weird. No, it wasn't weird at all. That's, that's they were so learning. normal. For they them. were still Jews. They were still learning from a different rabbi. Right. They were trying to understand. Okay, if he is the Messiah, what does that mean for mm-hmm. us? What does that mean for our country? What does right. it mean for the Romans? He more and more said, "It's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. It's not a national thing. Right. It's not. It's it's not a even a religious thing. It's about your heart. It's about your heart." But then after the cross, after the resurrection, then you have these first disciples with these aha moments of, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. that's what he meant. And this is the culmination, I think, of those aha moments. This is why, and I don't know if I made a big big enough deal about it uh, yesterday on stage teaching, but this is why Peter, who has watched Jesus stand up in front of a crowd, I don't know how many times mm-hmm. teaching, boldly declaring truth, doing crazy cool things. This is why for the first time, Peter stands up and boldly says, this is what truth is. Mm. This is what you need to know. This is what God's up to. What was different between Peter in that moment and all the times before? The Holy Spirit came into Peter. He didn't have that before this moment. And so a very visceral, very real change happened for the first Christians on this Pentecost day. And it makes sense for us now looking back, we, we have the benefit. Life is different for us. We have the benefit of looking back, not only at church history and what Christians have learned the hard way in so many ways (laughs) and, and the mess we've made and how God brings us back over the last couple thousand years, but we have scripture to read like these first 
these first Christians didn't even they had the Old Testament. Right. They didn't have all these letters from Paul. Right. They didn't have they didn't have Luke's first gospel account. They didn't have first writing his gospel account. They didn't have Mark and Matthew and John. They didn't have these things. And so we have all that at our disposable on our phones for crying out loud, right. you know. Um, and we have the Holy Spirit that yeah. is, even if we don't get it, even if it's it's weird or it's mysterious or it's even not talked about, the reality is for us as believers, we have the Holy Spirit of God that lives in us and is at work in us, even without us knowing it, changing us, leading us to truth, convicting us of sin. This is how big that day was. Mm. Um, and I we don't talk about it much. We, we alluded to this a lot last week because it's just... It gets into the weird realm, you know? You talk about supernatural things, eventually it gets weird. Yeah. Um, this totally, this is totally random. It brings me back to one of my favorite things Russell Moore uh, shared one time. He's a, a longtime Baptist leader, uh, one of my favorite writers. Uh, but he was talking about being on a plane. I think he happened to be either flying to or from California, which maybe just spices up the story about what we can assume. <laughs> but he was sitting next to uh, a lesbian uh, agnostic. So um, okay. she was, she was uh, practicing um, same-sex relationships. She didn't believe in God. She's very skeptical about the church. And if you know anything about Russell Moore, he's, he's like your typical, like he wears a suit most yeah. places he yeah. goes, and he's kind of a traditional Baptist. But he loves people really well. Mm. And he was talking to her about life, and they got to be talking about spiritual things because he, he confessed he was a pastor, and she was pretty negative about some things. And uh, in the context of talking about uh, heterosexuality, homosexuality, she said, well, you guys have some weird weird thoughts on this. It just doesn't make sense to me. And he said, he doubled down. He's like, <laughs> oh, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. You think idea. that's weird. We believe in this and that and this and that. And he just went on the list, including that the Holy Spirit of the invisible God comes in and lives inside each of us. Yeah. You know, we believe that the, the the walls shook and the sound was loud and tongues of fire. Well, you think that's weird? Oh, <laughs> this is nothing. Com so if we talk about supernatural things long enough, yeah. if we talk about the Bible long enough, it's going to get weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because we believe that this is not all there is, that the supernatural is, is real. But I think, I think to cut to the chase here, we just don't talk about the Holy spirit enough. That's partly, it's not the only reason, but it's partly why we're diving into acts as a church, because we need to grapple with this reality and choose to believe it or not choose to believe that he is at work here now in us personally, in a supernatural way. Or he's not, which brings all these other things into question. Yeah, and uh, I'm excited about that. I think it's stretching. It's it's some healthy tension. Well, it's almost like we, it's almost like you know we we try to hide those weird things, if you will. It's yeah. like I can't explain this. I can't. I don't. I don't fully understand this. And so I'm not broadcasting this to the world. I'm saying we 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 follow Jesus and what Jesus taught and, and that kind of thing, or what Paul taught, and you know those those kinds of things. And we just we it's it's almost like we hide it. 
let's hide. Let's not talk about, let's not talk right. about this. Like I, I think about, um, we don't, we don't have a ton of time here, so you can, you can make this as long as short you'd like, but, um, I think about speaking in tongues, right? So, so this all happened. They went out and they spoke in different languages to all the people that were there. Um, I grew up in a, in a Baptist tradition. Um, I've been in a couple of different, uh, dip, different denominations since then, but most of the time, if not all the time in the traditions that I've been a part of, um, we don't really talk about that. We don't talk about speaking in tongues. We don't really understand that, or or we don't agree with how it happens, or something along those lines. And yeah. I've only seen that happen like yeah. a handful of times that I can maybe try to wrap my mind around that actually being what it was, which I don't know. Um, and and I don't know how to take it. I don't know how to understand. I don't know how to deal with that. I've not I've not learned like. It's never been something that we talked about and that we dove into, and and um, I know there are traditions that that believe that you don't um, you don't actually have the Holy Spirit unless you can speak in tongues, right. and right. then I'm like, well, that's not good for me. Um, but and then the other ones that are like, no, it's it's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you might get, right? Um, but I don't know. It's like, what what do we do with that? Yeah. You talked yeah. about you talked about how they they mocked them, they made fun of them because they were, you know, and we do that. We make fun of the things that we don't understand. Yes. And, and while I don't think I've I've I can't think of a time that I'm off the top of my head that I'm like, oh man, they're speaking in tongues. I'm making fun of that. But I also am looking at it going. I don't know what to do with this. Yes. I don't know what to do with this. Yes. I don't understand what's going on here. Right. I've heard people talk about it's a heaven, a heavenly language or, you know, I'm, I don't know. What do we do with that? Yeah. Now, if nothing else, that's a great teaser as we're going there. Uh, <laughs> the more we read in the book of Acts, which is the, the written account of the first Christians in the first months and years of the church's existence, uh, we're going to read more about the activity of the Holy Spirit we're going to read more of the supernatural happening amongst people. And um, I'm excited about it because it's going to stretch our faith. It's going to help us ask those hard questions. I do want to add, um, I had a really good conversation this last week. I try to meet with different local pastors from time to time. You and I both are trying to do more of that. Right. And I got to sit down with uh, Keith Dougherty. I don't know how many of our folks would know anything about Keith uh, or specifically, uh, it's called Mercy Church. It's over on McNeil and Kell. Um, and they used to be First Assembly of God. They just changed their name uh, in the last year or two. Uh, but I, I don't know Keith very well. We've gotten together a couple times uh, in the last year and a half. But I, because we're going through Acts, I put him on the spot. I said, okay, you're from this Assembly of God church camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are brothers. We both love Jesus. We both trust that the Bible is has authority in our lives, but we do interpret it a little bit differently. I know this when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit and understanding the Holy Spirit. I said, if we believe in our camp that the Holy Spirit comes into every believer, all of us, and there's scripture to back this up. Paul talks about, you know, we are all, uh, all born of the same Spirit. Uh, there's different passages that point to this. We, we believe that when you come to Christ, you also are filled with the Holy Spirit. But I recognize, I said this to Keith, I recognize that, that there is a camp, a Pentecostal camp, a charismatic camp, that believes, no, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a, a second experience. And it's marked by the speaking in tongues. And I, I think that's where you guys land. Is that true? And Keith was really helpful. I, in fact, I even was thinking about interviewing him for our podcast listeners. It just didn't happen this week, but he just, he was very 
clear and said, yeah, that's what we believe. We believe it is a second experience. It's not for all believers. It is um, something that God wants for everybody, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen until you, you really get to a place of maturity. Uh, it is marked by the speaking, of tongue, speaking in tongues, if I understood him correctly. Um, but what I loved about him, not just affirming what I assumed, but I loved his heart behind that was like, but the problem is that even people in our camp, in our church background, can get fixated on this and think it's a mark of, you know, of merit. It's, it's how we can mm. judge each other's maturity levels. And you're not as far along as me because I'm speaking in tongues or you're not as far along as that person because you haven't had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's like, it's, that's legalism. That's comparative, mm. you know, sin. He said, ultimately, look at what happened in Acts 2. They were filled with the Holy Spirit so that they could tell people about Jesus. It's, it's for everybody else's sake. It's for the proclamation of the gospel. It's for the advancement of the kingdom. It's not a feather in your cap. It's not a mark of maturity necessarily. And I love his heart came through so clearly to me that while we disagree on this biblical interpretation, our hearts are identical in that we, we just believe that God wants to reveal himself. Mm. We just believe that God wants to redeem and heal and rescue. And we're interpreting this part of scripture a little differently, which is a big deal to some people and, yeah. and should be. Um, but that's, that's who we are. We are in the Baptist tradition, even as, as unconventional as we try to be as, as non-traditional as we often try to be. And, and we, we believe the Holy spirit, uh, literally comes into the life of every new Christian, every new believer works from the inside out and ultimately empowers us to be and do what he wants us to be and do. So that was an interesting conversation with Keith. I love that we can disagree. I want more and more of this in the church yeah. where we can talk about even biblical interpretation. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about whether or not Jesus was God. We're not talking about whether or not, um, you know, there is a heaven or, or a hell. We're not talking about, uh, the fruit of the spirit and the ways God wants to, to bring out his character in us. We're talking about secondary, uh, what I would call disputable matters. Um, things we can actually disagree on, even from a biblical interpretation standpoint, and still be friends and still chase after what God wants us to chase after. And I love that we can we can partner with uh, David Youngblood. We interviewed more okay. than once this past year, a black pastor here in town, Unity Church. You know, they're more on the Pentecostal bent, um, and they have some different understandings of Scripture when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And we can still play golf, <laughs> and we can still laugh. And, Which we haven't done, by the way. Well, I can't. You can, because you got two arms. I got one. <laughs> Although my score might not be that different. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it would help you hit it straight. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, so how do we take how do we take all of this? Um, even even the intro, the story of Pentecost, as as we were talking about a little bit earlier, that it was it's um it's it's more of an informational beginning of this. So how do we take this? How do we apply it to our lives? Um, I mean, I see an easy road back to uh, our our fifth radical minimum of sharing boldly and um and having that conversation. Or I guess that's not the fifth one. I think it's the uh, the fourth one. Um, sharing boldly or praying boldly over somebody yeah. where that's what Peter just did. Like yeah. he just did that for the first time. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so how do we take this? Just what we talked about this weekend. Um, how do we take it and how do we apply it to our, like this week's life? Yeah, no, that's a fair question. I, I, 
I think there's not as clear application as there maybe sometimes is for the different teachings we, we wrestle with. I do think a couple, a couple things come to mind. I think it's a call to immerse ourselves in the book of Acts. I think nothing but good things are going to happen. If we're going to study this, if we're going to try to apply what it means to be people who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, what does that even mean? What does it mean to be the church? What does it mean to be God's people in the face of the needs around us? What does it mean to share boldly the gospel? I think, I think for all of our listeners, for all of our folks journeying with Colonial, uh, don't wait to hear me or anybody else explain something. Immerse ourselves in the book of Acts. Mm. I think this week specifically, read as much as you can, but read chapters one through three, you know, at least a couple times. Uh, we're going to dive more into uh, the end of chapter two this week. Um, but so I think, I think just it's almost like a lay in the groundwork for what God is going to teach us, lay in the groundwork for the application that he's going to ask us to make. Um, I think, too, it's asking the hard questions of ourselves, of all of us who are Christians. What are our thoughts on the Trinity? Mm. Now, what, what have you been taught to this point about three distinct persons that God is, and yet he's one at the same time? It's mind-blowing. Why does Genesis chapter 1, go back and read this, say God created, God created, God created, and then chapter 2, the second creation account, mm -hmm. says let us create. We, we made him in our image. Whoa, what does that do to our theology? Um, what does it mean to understand the Father? What does it mean to understand the Son? And specifically, what does it mean to understand the Holy Spirit? Maybe do some additional research on your own. Maybe talk to some Christian friends. And, and be teachable now and in the coming weeks about what we can, we can hear the Lord say to us. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? If, if Paul says, don't get drunk with wine, be filled with the Spirit, what does that mean? Uh, let's wrestle with that together. Uh, what does it mean to read about the first few you know, accounts of the early church and what's gonna, we're going to see it unfold and, and the supernatural ways God intervene. What's, what's he doing now, uh, at colonial? What's he doing now in Wichita Falls? Um, I think it's more laying the groundwork these first couple weeks for, for trying to say, let's, let's be learners. Let's, let's ask these hard questions. And maybe to your point early, let's go there. We don't usually go there. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's commit to going there. Uh, even if it's messy and, and it's a little bit confusing or even frustrating. Mm. Um, Okay, so pause here. We got more vax coming. We'll do that. Uh, we'll dive back into that Did next you say week. Vax? Yes, that's what I said. More vax. More of ax. Oh, more of ax. Sorry, I went to vaccinations <laughs> in my head. We have more vax coming. Yes. What? We're gonna we're gonna dive into that topic <laughs> yes, right now. More of the book of Acts. Yes. More of the book of Acts coming. Can I can I add just because you, yes. you made me think of vaccinations? Okay. One. More, I ha I didn't make this plea on Sunday, and I think part of me wanted to, but I'll, I'll go ahead and say on the podcast. Can we, all of us listening, all of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, who are so grateful for his grace, can we recommit for, uh, can we recommit to being grace-filled, grace-extending people? Uh, COVID is, you know, the numbers are going up, all the same crazy opinions on, on opposite sides of the aisle. It's becoming so political more and more. 
uh, vaccinations, uh, variants, masks, schools now are, are talking about doing it differently this week. Um, can we please, please, please not fight with each other? Can we please choose to be grace extenders? Um, can we trust even our church leadership here at Colonial to just be making the wisest, hardest decisions we can make? And not everybody's going to agree with them. Um, we're not shutting down. We're going to keep pressing on. But, but let's be smart and let's be really loving and gracious to people. I'm just so fatigued at the fighting and the, how our strong opinions can turn into... I think just sin, just the sin we express, mm. the anger we express. Um, so that's my plea as a pastor to maybe some of our people who are listening is let, let's be grace-filled, grace extenders. Can we do that? All right. Let's do that. Let's do it. Okay. Thanks for uh, thanks for hosting again, Brooke. You know I do what I can. Number 33. 33. Tony Dorsett. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Uh, I'll have to go look him up because I'm not. Are you serious? No, I'm not. not oh I mean, not gosh, not fully. I, just, I don't know that I've ever watched him play. Well, he probably only played through the early '80s. Yeah. You were born in '80. '80. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't know. <laughs> it's true. This has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com, or you can download our app from the App Store or the Google Play Store. Uh, As always, we'd love to hear from you, whether or not you want to throw out your um, indwelt hashtag, or you want to give us your favorite number 33, uh, or you got questions as we talk about the Holy Spirit, or speaking in tongues, or um, other parts of yes. acts. Can we get more questions? I'll interrupt you. Can we get more questions? Podcast at colonialchurch.com. Yep. You can make them anonymously or you can make them, uh, you can make yourself known. Either way, we would love to get some more questions. Fun questions, serious questions, anything. There you go. Give, give us your questions. They can be anonymous or anonymous, whichever you prefer. Podcast at colonialchurch.com. And uh, as always, thanks for listening and we'll pick up the conversation next week. <laughs>